what you waiting on? Check, check, cause on your phone. This the Tony Sands show, turn your radio on. Kelsey just turned down like a field goal, so we in the zone. Got games like a stadium, I'ma go ahead and pack the dome. I'm cooler, smoother, make you think with your medulla. You a student, I'ma school you with the fact that I'm producing. This is for the high schoolers, college students, nah. Everyone can do it, do this, I ain't new to this. My style is rich, it's lucrative, maneuver through it. You know it's fast, only. You know it's so sensational, like my big homie Tony. Well, we're live here back on the Tony Sands Show. This is Tony Sands, another week of giving you what you need to hear in your earlobes, and that is the hottest sports topics around the country, along with my man out of Atlanta, my man hot when it comes to the basketball topics. My man has it all covered. Mo Love, what's happening, Mo? What's going on with you? What's going on, Tony? How you doing today? Listen, man, it's... It, 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 I'm great. It's been a great hot here in South Florida. The weather is nice. You can't be in no other place but what you call sunny South Florida. How is the weather up there in the A, man? Well, today is about 60 days. That was cool this morning. But it's getting it's getting cold. It's getting ready for that cold weather, buddy. It's coming. And we ain't and, ready and, for it. Cause, whoa, and when you say cold, the Chinese government was very cold. When it come more to the NBA, not right. airing none of their NBA openers in China, man. What do you make of all this uh, when it first kicked off uh, with Daryl Mosley tweeting about his views of how China should carry themselves and all in the midst of them and their country when when his tweet came out and it says fight for freedom, stand for Hong Kong. How did you see that playing out far as it goes for uh, the NBA and how their business relationship will go in China? Well, you know, I look at it, you know, China, you think about it, China been with us in the United States, we, we've been doing business for years and it seems like, you know, what we got to realize in America things, something we can stand, we, we, we put our foot forward to say something and sometimes stay back and don't say anything. And I think as, as a nation, we, you know, we always got to say something. And, you know, and we realize to take away China, we lose a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? We need each other. Yes. And, yes. and it isn't, it, 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 for years going, China always distributes things to us and, and we got things from, from, from we needed from them to make our nation run the way they run so it's it's, it's crazy I, I i don't i don't i don't i don't understand it but it, it's not the politics thing what politicians do and people realizing that for the nba like well they're not going to show the when it, when lebron don't win in brooklyn they went to play they didn't say they're already going to play or they're not going to play it just it messed the whole chemistry up and lebron put himself into it and it just it was just too much going on that it's him and it's like you know what and that, let me step back a little bit and see what's really paying. I'm paying attention to because it's and, real worldwide, you know. And when you said LeBron put himself into, because we know here in the United States, LeBron uh, tends to step in when it comes to, I guess, standing up for a lot of human rights. How did you see that playing out, far as LeBron go? When you are saying now here that. You're a person in the United States, but now we're dealing with a global country like China. How did you see LeBron? Should he have uh, stepped into this or should he have at this point said, you know what? I have no comment on this whole issue. Well, I think it's bigger, it's bigger than him. So he should have just had no comment. Just stressed a little bit what he should have said, something that, you know, I, I'm, I'm concerned or I have a little concern and, and left it alone, but when you put yourself out there, you know, you, now you're thinking about the whole world, the nation, and putting yourself there. You're trying to represent the United States, and you 
you're saying something and, and China's saying, oh, who are you? You know, who are you? You know, who are you supposed to be? And, it, you know, it's bigger than just basketball. And that's, and that's everything we get from China can stop. You know what I'm saying? Can we survive? Can we survive without China? You know, can we? And and the biggest te- yeah I think Mars because the biggest television network in China is CCTV, and right. game NBA openers has been a big thing for the Chinese people when it comes to opening up the NBA, kicking off their season, showing the games in China. Right. This year, CCTV did not show it. Right. They did not show it, uh, and. The NBA broadcast in the wake of the Houston, you know, general manager as of October, the anti-government protests in China and Hong Kong, their largest television market company over there did not say to themselves, we're not going to even air this right. at all. Right. Now, and the only game that they did seems to possibly show was the Lakers and the Clippers, but even at, in that, they had protesters out front of the Staples Center, mm-hmm. you know, chanting, you know, they were more for Hong Kong, just as, you know, Daryl Mosley in his comment, in his tweet, mm-hmm. right. uh, to support, you know, Hong Kong because of this. Now, when we look at Daryl Mosley, Daryl, you falls up under it ain't like you own the NBA team. You are just a general manager of an NBA team. Have sure. your statement cost some a lot of the NBA players their sal- some money that they was used to making in China? Because a lot of the NBA players go to China to make extra money. What I mean by that, they have a lot of business deals in China. That, right, that hurt right. their relationship. I, I think so. I mean... You think about it. If if they like I just said, if they stop everything, we everybody gonna be affected, especially, especially us, and, and we need them. You know, we don't need Russia. We need we we need China. You know, what I mean, we always have. You know, but they, um, it like well, uh, Michael Michael uh, Clay Thompson, he's over there. You know, those people had a part of China. You know what I'm saying? And other athletes, right. so. Like you say, they got business over there. You know, you got people. So you got people in the United States over there working. You know, you got so you got to think about how that affected you, the whole United States. You know, United Houston. You know, I know uh, they did have Chinese that uh, your boy uh, had the big center there. I can't think right now, but he had a big center playing, and um, and um, he played. And but what I'm saying is that when he came, you know, when when they come to the United States and play the NBA, right? I tell you. More Chinese people support it. Be more Chinese, tons of Chinese. By the third stand, fourth stand, that Chinese is supporting NBA. Now, what you have now, an issue, you know, because a lot of Americans go play ball over there too. And and that Yao Ming, Yao Ming, yeah, Yao Ming, Yao Ming, yeah. And when you got to figure when Yao Ming, and you got to figure Yao Ming, if I'm not mistaken, I think either he's owning a team in China. He's operate a, a general manager of a team in China, um, and I think that has made some rift in that whole relationship because now the, the China people are saying Chinese government is pretty much letting you know let them as they it was word has it that the Chinese government asked Adam Silverman Silver mm-hmm. to fire Moses so. I mixed that the Chinese government said and they denying uh, ever claim making that claim by that Silvers came out and said that they wanted him fired. Right. They wanted him right. fired. So I'm trying to see when we when this all play out and in the end, who's gonna give? Now it is now a a, a thing of give and take. Do China say, hey, we'll give in to the to the NBA? Or do the uh, China has already told them stay out of politics, stay into the NBA. Do not get over in that section. We we respect your game, we love your game, but stay out of that 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 area. Stick to basketball. Stick to what's right. on the court. Do not right. come and 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 tell us 
and our country how we're going to operate this. Right. So we it, have it, a issue to try to tell us how to tell us how operate oh, yeah. our country. Oh yeah. You know we can't we can't have the chest out and be bullies like we like we are I mean, say, oh, I'm the United States. I'm, the, you know, you're not, you know, we're gonna come and put our nose in, just like they, we feel some type of way. You can't come down how to be that like that. We were like, who you, who you, who you, who y'all? Why y'all coming in our, our nation is coming like that? So I know it'll be an issue. So China, China a lot of, you know, they stand their ground. And a lot of people over here are pretty much, you know, in the U.S. is saying, you know, they have, you know, their First Amendment right, freedom of speech, but in China right. it doesn't operate like that. That Right. That doesn't operate like that. They controls their government controls pretty much what's being put out, how it's being put out. Certain areas that don't even have internet, uh, they control that. So I think when he went over with that, it brought tension to this whole and NBA. If you notice, that's how they became started to become their global brand because China was one of the first places that they went in to launch their global brand. Right. Yep. Correct. Correct. So now the country that you went in to launch your global brand, you are now in bad relations because of what one person tweeted. Right. In the midst of all this. So, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to play out coming forward when it comes to the NBA. But let's get into Maurice. Let's get into the NBA. You know, it kicks off. It, it kicks off. It kicked off the season. And when it kicked off the season, one of the hottest games I think that was that was played uh, uh, was the, the performance of Kawhi Leonard. We, yes, sir. His performance it was like. Ow. And out it, of sight, he. Right. When you look at it, it was he was kind of sluggish in the in in the first quarter, but he came out and lit it on fire. Right. Beating the Lakers, you know, the Clippers beat the Lakers one twelve to one hundred two. Did you did you think that the Clippers start signing Kawhi when all this happened? That they would jump off to this start while you come in right now and beat your beat your big brother. I didn't think so. I thought it was gonna take a little time, but Ka- Kawhi Leonard, he's like they said, he got the mid range. He fundamentally sound. Today I heard today they say, listen, when he was at Toronto, they say they would give him a high five. He like going to the court, let's go. That that's San Antonio. That I mean that popular is teaching him. He learned the game. But wherever he goes, he's going to teach, hey, I'm a champion. This I learned how to play the game. This is where I came from. I want you to learn to do what I do. And he said, look at the court. I heard that today, like, wow. How you, a young guy, everybody give him a high five. Like, they excited. He's like, look at the court. Yes. We, got, we got a game to play. So and you Marcel, think he a champ? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Finish, finish, finish what you're saying. Right, so he, he, t- he changed the game. He's like, look, uh, like LeBron. He can change the game. Fundamentally, think about it. Fundamentally, he changes the game right now. Teaching the kids, I can shoot from the mid range. The mid range, that's not kids not shooting from the mid range. So he's Correct. teaching the kids and being strong, be able to to think and be humble with it. That's 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 unique. That's an absolute there. So, Marshall, when you, and when you now when you start look, you started first watching this game. All of a sudden, Kawhi come out. Uh, he start with two missed shots. And two turnovers. Right. What did you start thinking once you saw, okay, missed two shots, then you come out, one turnover. What was your mindset on, ah, this might have not worked out for Kawhi? Well, I mean, in the first game, you you, you know, you're going to make a turnover. You're going to miss a couple Correct. of shots because it, it is part of the game. But once you get the flow and, and all the energy go away and all, you can concentrate just what you do the best. Hey, when you're a professional, Either a professional, you see a professional around. People professional, it come naturally. It just with your eyes closed. The game slow down for you, and the game slow down. You can do what you want to. So I knew that. Now, honestly, I thought I'll pick in L.A. to win because I say L.A. got LeBron. LeBron's strong. He's ready. We got we got Davis. He got Green. I say he's he's coming strong. We got Rondo. 
I'm like, he's coming strong. He's going to have a great team. He's going to win come in, win out of the West. But last night, last night, Tony, L.A. Clippers, and they have Paul George. They look good. They discipline. And that's, and that's you know, when you – I think that's going to be a big matchup between those guys there in, when you're looking in the uh, – when you're looking in the standings in the West. Uh, so now, how do you see that playing out? Do you see now – Possibly the Clippers, you know, possibly taking that, you know, crown coming out of the West now that they signed Kawhi in. You see now how there was such a big sweepstakes for Kawhi. Yes, yes. And then they're going to be a one-two. They're going to be a one-two punch. One-two punch. Either they're going to go back and forth. Now, now, don't forget about Houston now. They're going to sneak out somewhere. And you got Utah. Utah's going to be the quiet one now. The quiet story. Pay attention to Utah. But it's gonna be LA, Clippers, LA. So you're Lakers. so you're still you're still gonna run more or less that LeBron would uh uh pretty much dominate dominate the West. I I'ma say yes. I, I I'm gonna say in the seven game series, I think LA the Clip the uh, Lakers will pull it off. I think the signs playing playoffs. The game gonna change. It's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be LeBron. He's hungry. He's gonna come back stronger through the by the end of that season, postseason. I think he's gonna he's gonna do his thing and make sure that he you know because he's a champion too now. So he ain't played last year. He didn't go. He took the whole summer off to do his movies. The whole summer off. You think about it. He you think as a, a champion, you think that he's not hungry enough to come get to bring another ring to L.A. I think he's gonna be thirsty. He's gonna be starving. Marsh, you talk you talk about rings. Did you get a chance to see <laughs> the ring revealing? Oh yes, gorgeous. Did yes. you see those rings? Ouchie, oh, ouchie, man. ouchie! How do one? That is what you call. Do you feel being that they were in Toronto? That it, they wanted to say, hey, listen, we're going to put a ring together that no one has ever seen. And also, Tony, maybe the last we ever get. Think about it. That's maybe the last one they're going to get. So I'm going to go out big. Why would yeah. I be? This is I mean, you know, think about it. I got me a ring. This is the last one I made. Dallas got one right. That's it. They ain't got a ring since yeah. then. You know? And they haven't, and like I you mean, said, they haven't. Uh, wait a minute, hold on. Now you you do a dagger at me when you when you said that. Now you know you 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 dagged at my, no, at, no. my at my Cowboys. You went at us deep. No, now. no, no, no. We talking about you went at us deep, now. No, no, no. We talking the Mavericks. We talking about Dallas Mavericks. When they okay, beat, all right. Let's get. They, they beat you know, LeBron. There's two, teams, no, in, no, there's two teams in Texas okay. that start with the name the Dallas, the Mavericks, and you. the Cowboys. Let's make no, sure we that we don't cross them up. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Make sure we don't cross them up. You know, it is the way it is. Yeah. It's, we it's, don't it's, I just think. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. What you got? What you got? I, I just think that the NBA, like Paul Pierce said today, last night, and everybody talked, and, 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 um, and, and people thought it's going to be a great NBA season. We're going to see what Houston is going to do. We're going to see what Boston, Boston played tonight. See how Boston going with their new player going to with Kemba Walker. We're going to see how it's going to look. NBA change. I feel the West. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to say it now. The West going to win. They're going to win. It's going to see who's going to come out of the East because the East not stronger than the West. The West got correct, the ball. Correct. Yes, correct, correct. We're going to head to a quick commercial break. We're going to come back here on the Tony Sands Show and BBS Radio. Listen, when you want sports, hit us up. Bounce to Paradise, one of the biggest bounce house companies in South Florida, is giving you what it called. When you want fun and you got a party, you want to bounce around, hit your people up at Bounce to Paradise. And let's bounce to a commercial. Uh, It will be big for us having our fans here to help us um, find a way to get a win this week at at home against um, Syracuse. (laughs) 
Hey, well, I probably should have asked this on Saturday. Were, were you involved with the play calling on offense? And, and if so, uh, it was is that different than, I guess, what the role has been previously this season? No, no it hasn't been different than any other thing I've done all year long. I'm always involved um, on both sides of the ball. I can't call it a good game. We're back here live on the Tony Sands show. As you, if those that are just joining the show, that was Willie Taggart press conference this week, getting ready for the Florida State versus Syracuse game. What I picked out of that, Maurice, was when I listened to this whole thing, I'm hearing him say, all right, we're getting ready for Syracuse's homecoming. Glad to be back home with our fans and hoping to try to get a win. How often do we hear a Florida State coach say we are hoping to try to get a win? Never. Never. Hoping. Florida State always. Hoping? I mean, that's Hope. he's undecided. He, he's not even confident now as the head coach. If he's saying hoping, how do you have your troops? How do you have your team? How do you have your player? How do your kids follow the leader of the team and say hoping? Oh, we're going to get a win. We're going to be Syracuse. We gotta have a raw rod. You gotta get that speech to him. You gotta if you don't believe it, say it. Just say it so that somebody can make you can believe it. But however you say hoping, hoping We're hoping to try to get a win. That is tough when it comes to Florida State. And that, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of rumors swirling around the Florida State program. Is Florida State in the process of trying to put together a exit strategy oh, yeah. for Willie Taggart? Year yeah. and a half um, into this, they're already looking for a exit strategy for Willie Taggart. That's kind of early. Our, you know, with Florida State sitting right now at three and four, and then you go into you 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 escape. You, you you play Louisiana Monroe in an overtime game. You just lost to Wake Forest, twenty-two to twenty. If you fly, if you followed college football, Florida State lost to Wake Forest wasn't surprised, but it's still it's a underscore the points that Florida State can lose. The point that Florida State can lose to Wake Forest to a Wake Forest team to where Florida State now has dropped just that far from grace when it comes to winning. Syracuse come to town, where it normally would have possibly have been a massive win. Now they don't even know how this thing is going to play out. And then the AD Murray's come out and say, if Willie Taggart, because some people had started – the 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 rumor that they would go and get Urban Myers. You get Urban Myers, but the AD came out and said, "Before I get, if Urban if Willie Tiger get ran over by a bus today, we will not go out to Urban Myers." I told that to Kelsey early this week. I was talking to Kelsey, uh, uh, and and we were talking about that, and that was one of the people that he brought up. Urban Myers, and I'm like, what? Urban Myers? Florida State mm-hmm. got to be desperate to go right. and try to pull up Urban Myers. What I and, and this was this is exactly what I told him. Mm-hmm. That's just like your friend had a girlfriend, and then you went and dated because that's Florida State, Miami, Florida, Miami. Florida had Urban Myers won a championship with him. Now you guys are desperate, so you go and coach. The guy that left Florida say he was ill. He didn't want. He wasn't healthy. You go and try to. He leaves. He goes to Ohio State. Trouble follows him at Ohio State. Now, you saying this is what you would want? You're that desperate to try to win that you would dig that deep to go and get a Urban Myers? I, I, I don't think Urban. I think this health going to hold him back. I think he'll stay at Ohio State. I think what he does, he helping the first of all. Push guys to the job at the at the water fountain. You know, we're talking Ohio State fans. Urban's still making plays for the call him play for the head coach now. He's making decisions. Come on now. He's still oh, yeah. at the yeah. end yeah. of that organization. Of He's still going to in the locker room and talking to us. 
So he 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 a part of he there now. Now oh yeah, when I you got go his to hand Florida on that State, program. Yeah, if I go to Florida State, no, I won't go to Florida State because it's too much pressure, too much stuff going on mentally. You know, the doc, it, 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 it has so much stress going on through the season at Ohio State. So he's not going to do that. I mean, he's going to stay where he needs to stay at. And I think that's the best thing for him. Florida State got to find another coach, another fire coach to get, maybe the coach, you know, that they can they can get, put that fire back into it. Because, I mean, now, do I really want Florida State really have a good coach? Come on now, you know who my team but I got to be biased by it. But no, you got to have a fire coach to able to coach. Florida State and give them what they want. Now, do you go with a coach that an experienced head coach that has had a program, or do you say we want to go young? We want to find a young gunner that's ready to go that can possibly take us to where we're trying to go. And in that process in Florida State, when you're starting to get beat out when it comes to talent, Florida, who's right there starting to beat you out now, you don't know how the season could play out between Florida State and Miami. They're losing right. talent to Florida, and what is not going to either one to Florida is going out the state to where you are saying Archer. to yourself, now we're losing the battle all the way around. Yeah, you're right. All right, but they, like, they're going to Central Florida, they're going to South Florida, they're going to FAU, they're going to FI. They're going to different schools now. They're going, they're going, and they're going outside. And you think about all the Alabama, the Tennessee, the South Carolina, the Georgia, they come and get our kids. Remember back in the day when yes. you know when Mike played? When, yes. When, remember right, when they played there at the University of Miami? Most of those guys those guys were from that area, the South Florida area. The South Florida area, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach. Key West. You know? Now, where are the kids going? I'm going to get out of Miami. I want to play somewhere else. You know, but Florida State had the six then. Florida State had the players. Like you say, but they're losing them. And I think they need a firing coach. They need a, a, a young 35, 36, 37, got that energy, got that fire, getting your behind, you know what I'm saying, and tell them, hey, we're going to win. They need, a, they need a strong leader. Yes, they, that they, and they need someone that's going to be able to come in there and not to say that Willie Taggart is not that guy. Right. But listen, it is what it is. And, Mike, before we can finish this conversation, let's bring my main man in who covers – when it comes to covering football throughout the country, from the east to the west to the north to the south, and now he resides in the west. My main man, Ryan Bartow. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. You're on here with me and my main man, Mo Love. What's happening, Ryan? What's going on with you? Live from uh, Oakland, California. I'm about three miles away from uh, the Oakland Coliseum. Got done with uh, five JCs and high schools in Northern California today. Been spending my whole week up here in uh, lovely Northern Cal. Ryan, as you join the show, we're talking now. As you over the last couple of days, they've been talking about pretty much the exit strategy. Uh, looking at a ex- rumors about an exit strategy for Willie Taggart, and then the AD came out and said, uh, "I guess rumors came out that they could possibly go and try to coat." Uh, Urban Myers and AD comes out and say, if Willie Tiger get hit by a bus today, we would not be pursuing Urban Myers. <laughs> we would well, not he's got he's got he's got to say that because Urban used right. to be the head coach of his rival, Correct. and he he also knows that um, Urban probably has no interest in taking that job too. So you never wanna you're always Kill. battling public perception in these coaching hires and trying to make. Make it seem your program's as good as any, but um, yeah, Willie Taggart is is proven. Last year they went five and seven, and this is a program that was a model for consistency. They hadn't missed a bowl game in forty years. It's almost impossible not to have a top ten recruiting class at Florida State, given the geography, given the ability to get kids in school. You can recruit JUCOs. You can get your whole roster from South Georgia, mix it with South Florida. Obviously, you're always going to have a good shot to get kids from Mobile, Jacksonville, Tampa, true hotbed. So you're located near the talent. You have awesome facilities, tradition. And to, to walk into that door and go five and seven, and, and, and five and seven may not even be reachable this year. Um, so uh, 
normally a program should give a coach three years when it's an A-level program like that. A lot of other programs should be four or five to get your own guys in. But there is exceptions to the norm, and this is uh, looking like it's going to be one of them. And, and, and Ryan, when we look at this, when you're talking about his buyout, his buyout right now they're saying is $17 million. Yep, the agents in college football are the real MVPs, and his Was agent, a uh, MVP. obviously, yeah, I mean, he could be set up where he doesn't have to um, go through the stress and the rigors of college coaching ever again. He could get that money and retire and move to some tropical island and, <laughs> and laugh all the way to the bank and probably bring his buddies that he hired on that staff with him. And... um yeah, I know the the Will Muschamp deal at South Carolina. He's in year four, and before they upset Georgia, they thought that might go sideways. Well, he had an even bigger buyout than than Willie did. So these coaches, these agents, um, uh, set these guys up, and it's big business, and uh, and there's a lot of money put into the, not only head coach but the entire staff. And, and when you look at, I got a chance to read. Uh, I guess. Florida State's termination and buyout, termination by the university without cause. The university reserves the right to terminate uh, your employee without cause its own at its own convenience at any time. In the event you do a termination, you, are, you must pay uh, 85% of the total remaining compensation uh, that is due to the empl employee. So pretty much right there, they are telling you it would be $17 million. Now, Florida State, are they scrapped? Do they have that ability uh, among their alumni to pull out $17 million to make a powerful move such as this? And then you got to they got to Not only do that, but, but think about you have to buy out and pay the rest of that staff. And guess what? Just after you do that, then you have to spend all the money for a new coach, too. Coming in. Yeah, so, but at the same time, big public university, a lot of good boosters there. They've seen something that they've never seen in their life. Yes. First time you ever miss a, a bowl game. Like a bad season, there used to be eight or nine wins. So um, you're looking at potentially back-to-back -back seasons without making a bowl game. So you'd be surprised when people see something that they've never seen before <laughs> where, where money can come out of nowhere. And, and Ryan, when, now when we were talking and we we're talking about his possible, you know, rumors around his possible buyout. Mm -hmm. What would if if you had your choice and you were sitting here and and looking at some candidate, would you go out to someone that is a quality proven coach at a Power Five conference school, or would you look and say, I might need to shoot some more life into this by going doing what the NFL is doing by going after young, innovative guys, and possibly that could be a young, innovative guy that's a coordinator possibly at a Power 5 conference. How do Isn't you, it do wild you... where on Sundays on the pro game we see guys that are running the show for the Rams or the Packers that are Correct. in their early to mid-90s that are the quarterback whispers and – there probably should be QB coaches or OCs, but they get the power to be head coaches. Head coaches. On, in where the big boys play. In the meantime, you flip the college game, and they're not only finding retreads, they're finding guys that are in their 60s or 70s. Mac Brown comes back to North Carolina. He's going to have four of the top five kids in North Carolina committed in this class, which hasn't been done in 20 years. I was just by Herm Edwards last week in the desert in Tempe. He has the Sun Devils pointing very much in the right direction. They're 6-2, and two and they're pretty hot and recruiting Southern California really good. So it's kind of flipped. you got some young, innovative offensive QB coaches in the NFL game. That seems to be the trend. But in the college game, they're going to older coaches that can manage it and and really, you know, do some recruiting, too. So it's it's fascinating how the trends go. Now, in terms of Florida State, you just had a offensive guy, and a lot of times, and a proven head coach, who had won uh, a little bit at Oregon, but mostly won at USF. 
and had won right. at, at Western Kentucky. So normally when you see that, they're like, okay, the next guy they think has to be different. So different meaning a coordinator, an assistant, or a defensive guy. They're probably not going to go offensive head coach because you just got rid of one. Correct. So that, that leaves a, a multitude of candidates. I mean, the guys I've heard for that job, Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator at Alabama, and, I mean, you, you look at these guys, how many shots do they get? He didn't win at Washington. He didn't win at USC. So you go to Nick Saban, and, and he makes you, um, you know, kind of absolved again, but you have the right agent and Jimmy Sexton that kind of controls the college game. Yes. And he doesn't really have any Southeast ties. And uh, so he's a name that I've heard for Florida State. You would think if, if Kentucky can get eight or more wins again, here's a defensive head coach in Mark Stoops that – just got less or more with less last year. He got 10 wins at Kentucky. That's almost a miracle. He's a former coordinator at Florida State. He's recruited South Florida for years. That's a guy, obviously a great coaching family that I would look at. A guy with legit, maybe an underdog in this whole scenario, is a co-offensive coordinator at the hottest team in the country, Clemson, Jeff Scott. Uh, His dad was Bobby Bowden's right-hand man at Florida State in the heyday. So right. he's a guy that, that is very familiar with all the, the money people and the decision-makers at Florida State. So those are three guys I would keep my eyes on that are a little more realistic. Obviously, I'm not going to get Urban Meyer if Urban Meyer comes <laughs> back in the game. I mean, he just left a better program in Ohio State. And why would you leave that for that? So. If Urban Meyer, you know, it would probably be a little more realistic for him to uh, maybe take a job closer to where I'm at in California. And, and not only that, Ryan, is Urban ready at the age that he is? We see Mark Rich just had a heart attack. He, he, exactly. he had a slight heart attack. Is Urban Meyer ready to do what you call a rebuild? Is he at that age where he can really spend time really rebuilding and spending the time that it's going to effort that it's going to take to get Florida State, Florida State back to where their fan base is used to seeing him is. Do he have that much time in his coaching wheel? We found out with 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 Rick, with Mark Rick when he went back to Miami, and they thought at that point that they were getting ready to see the next Jimmy Johnson because he was an alumni, and that didn't pan out so well. Do, is Urban Meyer, not to say that he's an alumni of Florida State, but do he have what it takes for this generation of guy? We saw him at Ohio State, and he had Ohio State moving. But now you make a move to a program like Florida State. Do you have that in you to keep going? Right. And, and, and same thing with Bob Stoops. Both these guys left gem jobs. I'm talking top yes. gem jobs in, in Oklahoma, in in Ohio State, you know what? They have enough money to last the rest of their lifetime. Maybe Irving enjoys talking college football and having that cushy job on FS1 on Saturdays. He does a great job at it. Maybe Bob Stoops enjoys coaching half the year in the XFL. And most of all, what neither of them have to do is recruit every single day. And recruit. Now, I could see either of them maybe taking the Southern Cal job because it's not as you don't have to – the competition there isn't as hard and you're a very attractive program and you can get most of what you need in the backyard. If you're going to an Auburn or a Florida State, you have to compete against everybody and their mother in the SEC and the ACC to keep talent at home in your backyard. It's kill or be killed every single day. Exactly. So that's, that's not something that either of those guys – want to jump in the deep end at. If they thought recruiting was hard at Columbus, Ohio, or Norman, Oklahoma, times that by 100 recruiting in the Southeast. Good luck. Yes, yes. That's, and that's and see, that's what I'm saying. Now you there's more to compete to where at one time Florida State didn't have to worry about the Alabamas, the Clemsons, uh, the Georgia, uh, you know, schools, the Kentuckys now, to where they dominated. Them in Miami pretty much went back and forth on who they were going to get year in and year out. They didn't have to worry about the Alabamas. Now you have to worry about the Alabamas. You have to worry about Clemson. You have to now, heck, with them being in where they're at, 
you have to pretty much worry about a lot a lot of the tougher tiers in the ACC because you come in the ACC coming from an independent supposed to be two of the most powerful teams and there are the two teams that have struggled to my to me that joined the ACC and that was Miami and Florida State they still struggle to dominate that conference right right which is amazing but at the same time this is the state of Florida recruiting, and you know I lived there for five years, and yes. part of me misses it every day. But now the state <laughs> of recruiting in Florida is the big three don't even get the dude dudes anymore. The dudes are going to Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, in some sense, LSU and Auburn. Yes. They're basically picking the main guys. Then your seconds and thirds are going to Florida State, Florida, Miami, and a lot of times they got to have a hook or a tie-in just to get those guys. And then, then after that, obviously, you have your Louisville, Kentucky, West Virginia, Syracuse, Pittsburgh on the way down that, that really does a good job of um, area recruiting that state. But who would have ever thought that? The big three used to, you know, you look at your top 25 guys in that state, and it was a who's who. Barely anybody left. That's not the case in, at all anymore. Right, and we talk about let's, let's, as we're still talking about you covering the West Coast at this time, and you're covering it like no other, and you've already used to covering it. And we know that is quarterback uh, a hub when it comes to quarterbacks. But you're visiting you're visiting a lot of schools. One of the schools you visited on Sunday was Fresno State. Heck yeah. What was yeah? What, and, and I could see that you know Fresno State with their first game played Sacramento State won that. 34 to 20. What is the environment like around Sacramento, around Fresno State? Well, think about this. Jeff Tedford, known as a QB guru, Coach Aaron Rodgers at Cal, he inherits a program two years ago. He walks in the door one way. In the first year, he won 10 games. He flipped it in one year, went from one win to 10. Almost impossible. Good luck for anybody pulling that off. Right. The culture... The previous regime was recruiting Texas more than California, which is mind-boggling. You can get most of what you need there from probably Sacramento down to Los Angeles. And you can get some tough kids out of Fresno. There's some good junior colleges there. Last year, he won 12 games and beat Arizona State in the bowl game. So that program is on more than steady footing. He's done... I think as good a job as almost anybody in the country, given the resources. And to, to walk in, I mean, think about that. Walk in the door, the program is beaten down, the culture is down, one win, and you flip it to 10 in one season? I mean, wow. wow. So he, he's obviously attractive in terms of his QB development. They, they have a really nice staff there. QB coach Danny Langsdorf, tight end coach Scott Thompson, I think Tyler Giles does a great job in their recruiting department, and they're going to be a thorn in the side of everybody in the Mountain West, which is a really fun league, and um, they have a shot again this year to win that win that conference title. And Ryan, we talk about being that Tepper is a quarterback guru. What is uh, his quarterback Jake like? What is what's the style of this, of this quarterback? Um, you know what? Very talented. Uh, can Got a quick release. Most of all, he's got a mind. He's getting really developed well by Langstorff and Kedford, two of the really good QB coaches in the country. And they'll always be good at that position. They lost a commit two weeks ago, Jaden Casey, who actually was committed to Fresno State, even though he had an offer from Alabama. And Cal and Coach Wilcox and their staff did a great job of flipping him. But they went down the road and, and found a new one within a couple of days and they might take another one at this class. So that's the luxury of living in, in the number one state for quarterbacks. And so um, that will never be a problem for them. And uh, I, they, they're sitting on three, four commits right now, and I expect them to, to sign probably 16 to 20 in this class and, and get some depth. And, again, that guy knows what he's doing. They're going to they're gonna be a contender for that Mountain West title for years to come. All right, you, 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 want, you leave there on Sunday. How far do you have to drive to your <laughs> next school? All right, so this is how my Northern California <laughs> run has went this week. I left Long Beach at noon, got my rental car, said goodbye to lovely Paradise Bay, 
drove up four hours, spent some time with uh, Fresno State staff on Sunday, went through four high schools and uh, junior college on Monday in Fresno, then drove three hours north and went to, on Tuesday, two schools in Stockton, three in Sacramento, the state's capital. Today, I went through, and a lot of your listeners will be familiar with this school, De La Salle. That's who St. Thomas Aquinas opened their season against, the national powerhouse that owns the record for most consecutive wins in a row. Um, But uh, I was there a couple hours ago, went through five high schools and a junior college in the Oakland area today. Tomorrow morning, I'll hit four schools in San Jose. I'll meet with Cal staff in the afternoon, probably drive down to maybe Santa Cruz for the night and then drive Six hours home uh, Friday morning, drop that rental car off at noon in lovely Long Beach. Wow. How was your visit, Ryan? How was your visit? Uh, and, and you talked about your visit at Arizona State. How was that How was that visit? Oh, awesome. Yeah, last week, I did the same thing. I drove across the desert through Palm Springs there on a Sunday, six and a half hours. The Phoenix area, I think, is similar to Nashville, where you have so many people moving to Phoenix and Scottsdale because it's so nice there, that you're getting more talent in that area, more four-star caliber guys. So I hit 19 high schools in three days last week. Then went and met with uh, Herm Edwards and all those guys at Arizona State. And I think a lot of your listeners and me and you both have always viewed Arizona State as a sleeping giant program. Yes, yes. Heck yeah, you can get kids in. It's the second biggest enrollment. It's a great place to live. You can recruit junior colleges. Most of your roster should be Southern California. You have talent in your backyard in Phoenix. You can recruit all the hotbeds out west. You play an attractive style of football. Obviously, there's a lot of, um, you know, good talent and a lot of eye candy there, too, so it's appealing to these young kids. And I think they do a heck of a job. They have the third-best class in the pack right now behind only Oregon and Washington, and they're recruiting Southern Cal. They have one of the best recruiters in the country, Antonio Pierce, the former Giants linebacker. He recruits about 75% of their class, <laughs> and he is a hard worker. A lot of these guys that got their money in the bank, they kind of settle on that. And you don't see the hustle. It's the opposite of this guy. He'll go to six, seven schools a day. He'll make his living in Southern California and, and sign probably seven or eight kids a year out of there. He's a former Long Beach Poly high school coach, and he is a, a rising star in this business. He is Herm's first hire there. He's a recruiting coordinator between him and their director of personnel, uh, Matt Seiler. The Sun Devils are going to be in the, the thick of it for all the top kids in Southern California going forward. I was very impressed with with the direction of their program, and they have the, the, the key guy at the best position you need and Jaden Daniels he's a future NFL guy I think he's a top freshman QB in the country and if you've got that you've got a shot against anybody and Ryan how how is the running back Eno Benjamin how how is oh I love him don't you love him too Tone Tone oh yeah he's like hitting the B button he has the best spin move in the country you know the guy that I covered out of Texas he's probably all a 5'9 maybe 215 and when they beat Washington State two weeks ago, which was as good a game as I've watched in college football this year, a 38-34 thriller, it's fourth and two, less than a minute left. He goes up to Herm, give me the ball. He gets inside zone. He dives for four yards. He's that kind of leader. I think this is his last year in the desert. I think he's a three-and-done caliber guy. I, I see him as a high-round draft pick. He can catch. He can block. He has the best spin move in college football. He ran for 1,600 yards last year to lead the pack. He's well on his way to doing that this year. I expect some big-time 200-plus-yard games from him down the stretch here. And most of all, his best trait, his focus. This is a guy that's not going to say too much. He's going to show his team how to do it and be a leader through his actions. He's going to be a dynamic back on the next level, too, I'm telling you. Right, because you got to figure, a lot of guys, when, when, when Herm took this job, a lot of people yeah. uh, was wondering why would Herm Edwards, a guy at his age, coach college foot high school, I mean NFL football, and did well 
why would why would he want to go back to college football, which a lot of coaches say is easier to coach the NFL than it is to coach, especially a guy like Herm that's been around, that got a reputation, a lot of respect. Why would he go back to the college ranking? A lot of people thought that that wouldn't that wouldn't gel, and now here we are, and this thing is is taking off. Right, I think for a lot of reasons, one of these coaches, they don't. They don't know what else to do. It's the only thing that they're really one capable of doing or are known to do. And he's a ball coach, and he wants to be around kids. It's a fountain of youth. He wants to get them better, give back to the game. And it had to be in a certain situation. It had to be in a place. He's originally from California. He's probably thought, just like me and you, how that program has upside. He's buddies with the AD and the president. So that gives you a shot right away. They're football guys, so they share the same vision. And he knows the, the upside of that place. And it's a nice place to live. He's got his buddy Marvin Lewis there, who's basically his, his right-hand man and, and who did a great job as, a, as the Bengals head coach. And they have a program uh, on right now on HBO, um, Hard Knocks. Uh, yes, Arizona Hard Knocks College you guys, got, you, got, you guys got to check that out. It's, yes, I mean, Hard it's Hard a pretty Knocks fun style. watch and, and, and something I think your listeners would really enjoy. All right, listen, we got we got about a minute left. Give me your favorite to come out of the Pac-10 conference, the top two teams that come out of the Pac-10 that will win this. Pac-12, Tone. We got yeah, 12 all out here, Pac-12, baby. You've got yeah. you, you to stay up and watch it late. Um, yes. Anyway, I, think <laughs> this, this, I, I think Arizona State, you can't count them out. USC, you can't count out. I think Washington is always – you know, until they're fully eliminated, they're the defending champs. But at the same time, going into the season, I thought it was going to be Utah because of their their play on both lines. And obviously where I worked the last two years with the Oregon Ducks, they've recruited better than anybody. They have a great roster. And um, I think it's going to come down to the first weekend in December, Ducks and Utes. And um, you probably can figure out which one I'm picking in that one. Oh, yeah. That I have that pretty much down pat. Hey, right, man, thank you for joining the show, man. We're going to keep digging into your brain because you are, when it comes to covering the country like no other that you do. Listen, we're closing out here. Ryan, enjoy your rest of your tour. Until then, you be safe out there on that road and you cover the ground like no one else can. Mo, man, thank you for joining the show. Those that are, we're closing out this show. And we are going to close with this. When it comes to toughness, there is no other. Always keep your head above water. Strive to do your best. When you're on the ground, keep looking up because you can pull up. Until then, we're closing out here on the Tony Sands Show, and we will see you next week.